Alright, alright, okay, okay, what's up everybody, Zelda Talks Facts right here once again, let's get some more facts once again. So I hope you guys are doing great here today, I hope you guys enjoyed my Jay Happ and Michael Brantley episode I did this morning. So this is my AEW Dynamite review. So the show, to be honest, I thought it was, it was here and there, it was okay, I'll say. You know, I know usually I say it's good. I'll say it was okay. You know what I mean? Like, Raw, we know Raw was terrible. But Dynamite, it obviously wasn't the best show. It had some good moments. Some moments were kind of, eh. You know, really, I feel like this episode gave a chance, like, for, you know, other talent we haven't really seen on TV. You know, really get a chance, like, you know, pretty, uh, pretty Peter Avalon getting a match with Cody. Uh, who else? Um... Getting to see Layla Hirsch in the ring again. Especially Penelope Ford. She hasn't been in the ring in a while. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, though, I thought the show was okay. I will say that. You know what I mean? I was going to say it was good. It had some good moments. It definitely did. But not every episode is going to be fucking spectacular and awesome. They're going to have episodes in there that are kind of like, eh, whatever. But it was okay. I can give it that. It was okay. Would I rewatch this episode? Nah, I wouldn't. If I had the choice to, I'd say, nah, I'm good. So it was okay. So we know Raw was terrible. Dynamite was okay. We'll see how SmackDown is tomorrow. I, th- I think SmackDown's gonna be good. Alright, so Dynamite kicked off with the Dark Horse celebrating negative one Brody Lee Jr.'s birthday. Let me just say this real quick, because I've been seeing this a lot recently on social media. Stop saying that AEW is milking the ratings right here. With Brody Lee Jr. Stop saying the milk in the ratings. He's under AEW contract. They're paying him and his family. You know why? Because Tony Khan is a good person. Because he's a good person right here. You know, and and this kid... This kid lost his father a couple weeks ago. You know, the family's still mourning and everything. Everybody in the wrestling world is still mourning, grieving. You know, let let them enjoy this right here. This is not... They're not just... They're not throwing them out there for ratings at all. This is something nice. Can you, can you ever see Vince McMahon and WWE doing this? They would say no. They would not do it. They would not be. They wouldn't be celebrating this kid's birthday. They would not be doing that. I can guarantee that right there. So just enjoy it. It's a wholesome moment. If you don't like it, don't watch. But to really say that milk in the ratings, like really, that's a disgusting thing to say right there. I mean, come on. Even if WWE was doing this, if WWE was doing this, I would not even be saying the milk in the ratings. Because you can't say it's milk in the ratings. It's a nice thing to do, but it's something Vince McMahon will never do. Just saying. He would never do that. That's all I'm saying right there. You know that I'm right. You know, it is what it is. But stop saying AEW's milk in the ratings right here by having Brody Lee's son on TV and having a birthday party for him. Like, this is something nice. You should be smiling and be happy. I almost teared up right there when, the, when he came out with the Dark Order. And they were singing happy birthday for him. And the whole crowd was singing happy birthday. It was nice. I mean, Jesus Christ, the kid is nine years old. Show him some respect at least. Show respect to the family. That's a disgusting comment saying the milk in the ratings. Get the hell out of here. Do you know what? Don't watch. Don't watch that. If you're going to be negative about this, it's absolutely disgusting. So don't watch. You don't like it? Don't watch. Nobody's forcing you to watch. Nobody. That's what I'm saying right here. Like, you know, people complain about wrestling, but nobody's forcing you to watch the show. 
Like, I mean, come on, man. All right, but let's 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 forget about that now. Because I tell you, I really it makes my blood boil right there when they're saying the milk and the ratings. Like, really? Would you be saying that if Vince McMahon was doing that? No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. So enough now. So after the saying happy birthday, we saw Luther and Serpentico Chaos Project come out, and Luther was actually like the first time getting to hear Luther speak because I haven't heard him talk like at all in AEW. So he cut like a pretty funny promo on uh, Brody Lee Jr. because Brody Lee Jr. on AEW Dark, I believe a week ago or two weeks ago, called Luther stupid, says he looks stupid. So that was pretty funny. So this is funny right here. This is good. This is nice. This is supposed to be a nice moment. It feels great. It really feels great and everything. And Luther was calling him stupid and everything. And then we saw the Dark Order attacks Chaos Project, and here came TH2. They came out, tried to even the odds, and then here came Hangman Adam Page. He comes out because you're supposed to be an eight man tag team match between Hangman Adam Page, um, Cole Cabana, Preston Vance, and Alan Angels. And number five, Alan Angels, and number 10, Preston Vance versus Luther and Serpentico Chaos Project, and Helico and Jack Evans of TH2. So he finally comes out and he flies on all of them. He flies on everybody right there. Did a nice splash. And this match, I will say, it was kind of a short opener, but it was a good match. They made it work. It was pretty cool. You know, they had the birthday cake right there on the ramp, so that was pretty nice. And like I said, it was really wholesome right there, hearing the whole crowd saying happy birthday. We know Brody's up in heaven right now, and he's smiling. You know, and I'm sure, you know, if, if he saw people, like, talking about the milk in the ratings, I'm sure it wouldn't even bother him or anything, you know. He, you know, he, he seemed like the type of person that wouldn't hold a grudge or anything. Be like, you know what, you have, you know, you say whatever you want. He doesn't seem like the type of person that would get pissed over that. You know what I mean? You know, it's just really disgusting, you know, seeing those type of comments. It really is. Just don't like it. It really gets under my skin. But the match itself right here was a good match. It was a good opener right here. You know, it was really nice. You know, Hangman was going to make his decision after the other match whether he's going to join the Dark Order or not. And this was a pretty funny moment right here. Like, um, we saw Luther trying to go for a powerbomb on, um, trying to do a powerbomb on Cole Cabana through the table or put his, put him through the cake and everything. Cole Cabana countered right there after, he countered right there after uh, Brody Lee Jr. negative one hit Luther with the kendo stick. And that was pretty funny. And then Cole Cabana threw Luther onto the table right there where the cake was. And there was cake all over Luther. And this was a pretty cool finish right here. Like when Hangman Adam Page did the buckshot lariat to Serpentico. And John Silver did the suplex. And then Alex Reynolds did a really cool pin on Serpentico in the dark order. And Hangman Adam Page got the win. And let me just say this right here. Let me just say this right here. At first when I saw John Silver in the dark order... I didn't like him at all, to be honest. I thought, like, like, who is this little guy? But then I watched him on Being the Elite and everything. You know, I watched the whole Dark Order on Being the Elite as well. And I started to like John Silver, especially now more in the ring as well. Like, his match with Orange Cassidy at full gear, even though that match was like, you know, you would think a type of match like that is like, no, it's not really going to matter. John Silver put on a pretty good performance in that match. And he's put on a lot of great performances recently. So I could see him being a big star in AEW. Because we know he's 5'4". He's a very small guy. But he could be a big star. He really can. He's got the charisma. He's got a great wrestling style. So you know what? He's going to be a big star. I can really see it. I could see him being a big star in AEW. I really feel like I could see him as being a big star. 
But after the match right there, they had it all set up and everything for Hangman and Page. Like, John Silver's putting him over, calling him handsome and everything. Great wrestler. He loves him. And he got on his knee and proposed to him saying, will you join the Dark Order? You know, you heard the whole crowd saying, you know, do it, do it, do it, do it. And I'm thinking, yeah, please, come on, join the Dark Order, Hangman. But Hangman said he can. They had everybody, they had the whole thing on the screen right there. He said yes, but he didn't. You know, Hangman, like, appreciate everything the Dark Order's done with him, you know, recently. But he said everything that happened in the last group with him, you know, like the Bullet Club, the Elite, and it didn't work out for him. And Hangman just said, I, I can't do it. I was pretty upset because I wanted to see Hangman join the Dark Order. So maybe it builds more into the story where he does join in the future. Hopefully he does. It would be nice to see him in the Dark Order. So that was kind of sad, right? There was a good match, but it was kind of sad. I wanted to see him join. But it was pretty funny even before that, like... Uh, Brody Lee Jr. grabbed the mic and said, my birthday was three days ago, you idiots. And he was going at Serpentico and he threw the papers at him. See, that was nice right there. If you didn't like that right there, then you truly don't have a soul. Like, seriously. You truly don't have a soul. It was a nice wholesome moment, a nice wholesome match. It sucks that Heyman didn't join, but it builds more storytelling. We'll see what the Dark Order goes from. See where they go from right now. Let's see. Let's see what happens next with them. So you go from there now. So now next, this was definitely my favorite segment of the night. I gotta be honest. So we saw Sting come out. And then after that, we saw the TNT champion Darby Allen come out. It was supposed to be Sting congratulating Darby Allen on, you know, retaining the TNT title last week. You know, and Sting was just saying, like, I know you can handle yourself, but I wanted to help you right there. So you can win fairly. And right as Sting was talking, we saw Team Taz... On the Tron, Taz cut another amazing promo like always. You know, saying Team Taz has been gentlemen and everything. And Sting and Darby Allen cheat and they fight dirty. And I'm like, let me look who's talking, but okay. But, because you know, Ricky Stark tried to get involved. And Taz saying Darby Allen cheated like when he took off his like belt. And like put around Brian Cage's legs and tried to tie him up. And he's on Taz. Like, I swear, Taz just always cuts good promos. And Ricky Starks was saying, you don't want to see us in the street. You know, Taz saying he grew up in the streets. He was born in Red Hook. Red Hook in Brooklyn. So he says he grew up in the streets and everything. And right here, he basically challenged Sting and Darby Allen to a street fight. So I'm thinking to myself, are we actually going to see Sting wrestle now? Like, how are they going to do this? Is this going to be cinematic? Or are they going to just limit Sting's abilities in the ring? Like, what's going to happen now? Because now you've piqued my interest. We don't know what's going to happen right now. So it's out there. What's going to happen? We know we got Beach Break coming up in two weeks on February 3rd. So they're going to do it then. Or they're going to save for Revolution on the, the 27th next month. So where do we go from here? It was pretty cool. I was like, okay, so let's see what happens. So maybe it'll be a cinematic thing where it's like, you know, that helps out Sting. Or maybe they are going to actually have a street fight where Sting is just very limited. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do right here. It seems like, I don't know. I'm a little bit confused. I'm like, so is Sting actually going to wrestle? I'm like, okay, I mean, I don't know how I feel about it, but... We'll see when it happens. Right now, I'm kind of 50-50. I'm like, is Sting really going to actually wrestle? Or is he going to be like DDP where he was like pretty limited? 
like with DDP wrestled in the six-man tag last year at Bash of the Beach, and he was very limited. He didn't do really much. He did his finisher. You know, he did a couple moves. He didn't really do much. So maybe that's what, maybe that's what they do with Sting. I really don't know, but Taz, like I said, cut a great promo, and then Darby Allen said after that, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. So it does seem like it's going to happen. I'm like, all right. And they left together, so now you know they're officially together, Darby Allen and Sting. So that was pretty cool. I was like, all right, so... And Taz, like, you know, balls in your court, bitches, I swear. you got to love Taz when he speaks. Every time he speaks, it's like money. It's like money. The guy just always cuts an amazing promo. Like, he doesn't lack it on the mic at all. Like, Taz just always cuts amazing promos. You can't hate him on promos at all. Like, he's like a god when he speaks. Like, I swear to God. He really is. So we'll see what happens now. We shall see what happens. But next we saw... <laughs> this was kind of cringy, but... We saw the Young Bucks at Kenny Omega's house, and Alex Marvez was there. We saw Michael Nakazawa, who had, like, a computer, so he was basically acting like Kenny Omega's assistant, and he let them in. And we saw Don Callis, and we saw a picture of Kenny Omega and Don Callis, like, definitely Photoshop right there. Not Photoshop, like, painted, but I was like, oh, my God. That's uh, that's a haunting image right there, you know, and Don Callis was talking to him. It, it was, it kind of, like, led on for a little too long. It was just getting kind of cringy. Like, that, that painting right there was a birthday present. Like, Don Callis said, oh, I got Kenny Omega a birthday present. And then the Unbucks told him, like, his birthday isn't until October. But Don says it doesn't matter when you're the god of professional wrestling. Did you guys get anything for him? And, you know, Don tried to buy the Unbucks out of the Elite since he, since he thinks they're holding Kenny back. And this was something right here by the Bucks. They said they told Don they know for a fact that those impact checks will not clear. I was like, ooh, because the Unbucks, they used to wrestle and TNA for a while in the past, so I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know if they like that one, that's, oh, that's a, oh my god, like, Jesus, that's a shoot right there, that's a shoot, whew, Jesus, ay, ay, ay. yeah, but this segment was kind of cringy, it, like, led on for a little too long, kind of got outplayed, but when the Unbuck said that, and, like, Don Callis was, like, you know, looked like he was trying to run away and everything, and it just cut off. So I was like, okay. But uh, the next match right here. Uh, the next match, Cody Rhodes versus Pretty Peter Avalon. Yeah, this match. Uh, I mean, it was my first time seeing Peter Avalon wrestle. For the first time, it's like November 13th of 2019 when he wrestled in the triple threat with Sean Spears and Darby Allen. But, I mean... His gimmick is actually kind of cool, to be honest. It's a lot like, you know, Rick Rude in the past. He's kind of like Rick Rude and Robert Rude in a way. You know, he's got the robe. He's Does he look like Rick Rude? No, but, you know, the music. You know, I see what they're trying to do with him. They're trying to, like, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to make him like Rick Rude in a way. I could, you know, it, it could work, but Rick Rude is a big guy. I and mean, Peter Avalon's pretty small. But he can make it work. Let's see what happens. Maybe he can. I don't know if he will. But let me just say, yeah, like, Cody Rhodes. Can he please go back to his old theme song? Because he's got Snoop Dogg on the the song now and everything, like the remix. It was cool for the first time, but just go back to your old theme song, please. Just just please do that. Please, like, okay. Hey, hey, hey. 
But this match overall, I mean, he hit him with the he, Cody him with the crossroads right away. And then here came Jade Cargill, who looks like the Walmart version of Cardi B. She comes out there and she just stands with a stupid look on her face, just looking at Cody, just staring him down. And then Peter Avalon kicks Cody in the roads. And then Cargill just walks off. I'm like, what the heck just happened? I mean, listen, I know Jade Cargill hasn't wrestled yet, but I just don't like her. I really don't. She just, like, she can't speak on the mic. I never seen her wrestle, so until she wrestles a match, then maybe I'll praise her a little bit if she wrestles a good match. But if she's green on the mic, she's probably green in the ring. I, I don't know. She looks like if Mandy Rose and Cardi B had a child. Because she's got the hair like Ma- Mandy Rose, and she looks like Cardi B, like a Walmart version of Cardi B. Like, ugh, Jesus. God almighty. But this match between Cody Rhodes and Peter Avalon, excuse me, pretty Peter Avalon, it was just, eh. Couldn't get into it. Especially, like, when Cody got him in the figure four, and, like, Peter Avalon slapped him, and then Cody was gonna slap him right back, and then he tapped out right away. I was like, okay, that finish was bad. I mean, did this match really need to happen? I mean, it was great to get Peter Avalon on TV, sure, because he's been on AW Dark. And everything. It's great to see him on TV. Sure. Gets people like interested I guess. But. It was a stupid finish. I, I mean. Come on. Like. If Rick Rude would never have done that. Tap out like that. Like a bitch. <clears throat> Same with Robert Rude. I mean. Jesus. So I don't know what they're doing with him. It's just like. Uh, okay then. I guess. Uh, but. This was pretty cool. We went backstage. We saw FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler. <coughs> Excuse me. With Tully Blanchard, of course, and they were talking. Tully Blanchard was saying, you know, you got to get those belts. You got to get those belts back. And then we saw Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt come in. You know, Jurassic Express. And Jungle Boy and Dax Harwood agreed to face in a one-on-one singles competition next week. So I'm like, all right, and Jungle Boy got to hear him talk and everything. So that was pretty cool. And we're going to get to see him and Dax Harwood go one-on-one next week. I'm like, all right, interesting. I'm, in, I'm invested in that match. Let's see how it turns out. You know, hopefully it is just one-on-one. Because in the graphics they showed later on, they had, like, you know, Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt at ringside for Jungle Boy and Cash Wheeler and Tully Blanchard at ringside for Dax Harwood. But this should be a good match right here. And they shook hands. So there's mutual respect in a way. Right there. And as they left. You know. Dax are like through the glass that he had right at the door. And everything. So I'm interested in this match next week. You know. Next week's card is definitely better than this week's card right here. Than this week's show. i definitely say that. But um, yeah. I'm really interested in seeing that match next week. I think it's going to be a good match. Maybe it should open up the show. You know. I would like to see Jungle Boy win, but it does seem like FTR... I don't know. I could, I could see them getting a rematch for the tag team titles pretty soon. Because they do need a rematch. So we'll see. But I think this will be a good match, though. But next part of the show right here... Saw John Moxley in action against Nick Camaro. Come up. How do you say this guy's name again? Camaro. Nick... Come on, a row. Okay. Let me just say this right here, though. Never heard of this guy, obviously. But 
And I caught it at first before I believe Tony Schiavone mentioned it. I was like, this guy looks a lot like Bruiser Brody. And then Tony Schiavone, like a few minutes later, said that. I was like, wow, I was thinking the same thing. And this guy's big. This guy's huge, right? He looks like a caveman. He is big. He looks a lot like Bruiser Brody. I'm like, Jesus. Like, he's got the style right there and everything. I'm like, wow. I like this guy so far. And he wrestled a pretty good match with Moxley. Like, even though I never heard of him at all, he wrestled a pretty good match with Mox. You know, the match really didn't last, like, all that long. Everything was a few-minute match. I was like, okay, you know what? This was pretty cool. It's great to see this guy get an opportunity here on TV. Like, all right. That's cool. And, um... It's pretty hard-hitting right here. He's trying to, like, you know, Mox was trying to do that discus clothesline on him. And it didn't work. But I like this guy. Uh, I like this Nick guy right here. This guy, Camarado I like him. You know, hopefully get to see more of him. Because he looks a lot like Bruiser Brody. Like, he's got the look right there. I'm like, Jesus. And these two put in a good match for a few minutes. You know, Moxley got him to fall asleep in the sleeper hold. Because he jumped on his back was able to put him down. And then Camarado fell asleep. And I was like, okay. We got to see a little bit of him right there, you know. Especially on national television, your first ever, you know, big televised match right there. He did a pretty damn good job. And he's, he really looks like an old school wrestler, which is something. Especially looking like Bruiser Brody. So that's pretty cool. And then we saw Mox talk after the match. And he called out Kenny Omega. Like Moxie says, he has no idea who's in the Bullet Club, the elite, Impact Wrestling. You know, Moxley, and he doesn't care. And Mox said Omega could bring all his friends from Nashville, which is, you know, TNA. Japan or Mexico because they won't stop him. So I'm kind of wondering, like, what's going to happen with the rematch right here? Because we know what's going to happen at Revolution, obviously, next month. They haven't announced it yet, but soon they will. I'm kind of wondering what kind of match it'll be. Is it going to be an actual singles match? Is it going to be a gimmick match? Like, what are we going to get out of this? But I don't know. We'll see how it all turns out. We'll see how that all turns out right here. I think it's going to be a great match again between Mox and Kenny. Like, these two have had great chemistry inside the ring. You know, it's been really fun to watch these two guys. And we'll see what happens. But they gave this guy, they gave this kid Nick a chance. And we'll see how he does. We shall see how he does now. I think he'll be good. We definitely shall see. And we went backstage, and we saw Don Callis had, like, a shiner right there on his face. Claimed that the Young Bucks gave him that. And Kenny couldn't believe it. He was like, no, no way. So that was pretty funny. But next match right here, Matt Hardy and Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn versus Matt Seidel, Dante, and Darius Martin. I really like this match right here. It was really cool. And I love Matt Hardy's new attitude in a way because now we know what he's all about right here because he actually was on Impact Wrestling with Private Party and then they were on AEW Dark. So, like, he did some Rick Rude shit right there by being on a show, being on uh, two shows in the same night, which is pretty cool. Even though we know TNA was taped, obviously, but we, you know, besides the point. Um... Oh, this is a great six-man tag. You know, I'm hearing a lot of rumors that they're going to bring in, like, a trio championship. You know, like, for, like, um... Like, for the trios and everything. So that would actually be pretty cool to see. That would be something new. That would be like, alright, that's cool. But, like I said, I love Matt Hardy's new attitude, you know, and everything. And 
Private Party, like, during the match, really started to change their attitudes. And I'm like, okay, so maybe... Maybe a heel turn's coming? Like, I'm sensing a heel turn. I'm like, alright. Their attitudes are changing. Like, Matt Hardy's, like, getting them into shape right here. You know, just changing their attitudes and everything. I'm like, alright. You piqued my interest. You know, and top flight, I swear, they're going to be, you know, no pun intended, they're going to be a top tag team in the world. Like I mentioned plenty of times, <clears throat> I love their style and everything. I feel like they put on a great performance. You got two young tag teams right here in top flight and private party. They could be a huge rival. They could be huge rivals in the future. These two tag teams could put on classic tag team matches in the future. They seriously can. They seriously, seriously can. You know, I really... <clears throat> enjoy these two tag teams right here. You know, it was nice to see, like, Seidel with Top Flight. Because, you know, Seidel and Top Flight have, like, you know, similar, like, movesets and everything. So that made it even more cool. And, um... And it was great, again, to see Seidel in the ring. Because we haven't seen him... Last time he in the ring, he wrestled Cody and everything. So... Hopefully, Seidel has, like, a breakout 2021 year in AEW. I know he's a veteran and everything, but I would like to see him be used a lot more. Because he's put on great matches. Yeah, a great match with Brian Cage back in, like, what was it, November they had the match. They put on a really good match. put on a great match with Cody a couple weeks ago. You know, and he did great in the six-man tag here with him, you know, on top flight against Matt Hardy and Private Party. But like I said, during the match, we saw Private Party start to act, you know, more heelish and everything. Like Matt Hardy was saying to... Mark Quinn, don't tag him in, like, you know, tag in Isaiah Cassidy. And, like, he, like, grabbed Mark Quinn and he was like, basically telling him to be more aggressive and everything. And I'm like, okay. And then Mark Quinn started getting more aggressive. And then we saw Isaiah Cassidy do the same thing. They went after Top Flight, like, knocked him off the ring apron and everything. So they were starting to act more heelish. And then we saw Mark Quinn with one of the members of Top Flight. I believe it was uh, Darius, like, on the top rope with them. And Matt, and Matt Hardy was distracting, was distracting the referee, and Isaiah Cassidy hit uh, Darius Martin with the chair. And I was like, whoa. And, like, Mark Quinn was kind of shocked at first, and Isaiah Cassidy was laughing, and then Mark Quinn loved it. He hit the shooting star press, one, two, three, that was it. And I was like, oh, like, okay. And then we saw, like, uh... Dante and Seidel getting, you know, their face right there, getting all their faces. And then Matt Hardy and Private Party attacked them all right there and beat them down after the match. And I was like, wow. Well, that happened. I was like, Jesus. Like, that really just happened right there. So Matt Hardy, we know he's kind of established himself as a heel of recently. But now seeing him officially turn into a heel with Private Party is beautiful. I'm all for for seeing Private Party as heels. I'm all for it. I am all for it. It's something new. They're actually challenging Gallows and Anderson for the Impact Tag Team titles at No Surrender February 13th in TNA. So that's actually pretty cool. Imagine they win those titles. It is something. That's why I love this relationship between AEW and TNA. Especially with Japan in the future. This is great. This is what it's all about right here. So you know what? Fuck what I said before. This show was good. 
You know, I know like some of the moments pretty cringy, but it was good because now you love these moments right here. This is what's all about building. You know, wrestling shouldn't just be just one company. It should be like everything, like working with everybody. It's fun. It's really fun to see these companies, you know, you know, collaborate right here. It's fun to watch. It really is. But in the next match right here, we saw Penelope Ford versus Layla Hirsch. Legit Layla Hirsch. And we saw Charles Taylor, you know, Miro's butler. Miro was there and Kip Sabian was there. And Orange Cassidy was in the crowd watching along. But this match between Penelope Ford and legit Layla Hirsch, you know, even though Layla Hirsch is 4'11", you know, we know that she's small, but damn can she go. She put on a hell of a performance in this match. I really am into legit Layla Hirsch. You know, maybe she can join, like, Team Taz. Because, you know, you bring a woman's presence in that group. That would be nice, right? Wouldn't that be cool? So, you know, with Team Taz, like, she would really fit in that group. You know, she put on a good match with Penelope Ford. Which I liked. And, you know, I like her style. You know, she's, you know... Like I said, she's small, but she can go. She can kick anybody's ass. Like, she can kick anybody's ass. Doesn't matter who they are. You know, it's really cool. And ever since she's, like, you know, had matches on Dynamite, you know, I've liked her a lot. I really have. And she put on a great match right here against Penelope Ford. Every match that she's had on Dynamite has been great. It really has. It seriously, seriously has. It seriously, seriously has. Like, she's really gotten... She's really good in the ring. She really is. And I feel like this was, like, her best match on Dynamite. It really was. So, Penelope Ford did get the win... But the spot that I liked in this match was was, was Layla Hirsch flying onto freaking Miro. No, not Miro, oh my god. Kip Sabian and Charles Taylor. So that's pretty good. You know, listen guys, I, I know I've been screwing up a lot this episode. I'm really sorry. I, I haven't... I, I want to apologize for that. I haven't slept at all these last couple of nights. I'm really sorry if, if I've been screwing up. And also, I haven't been really feeling that well. I've been feeling really down and everything, so I want to just mention that, like, I'm sorry if I'm screwing up my words right here, I just haven't really slept as much, and just not really feeling that well, very, very down and everything, so I just want to say I'm sorry for screwing up a lot, you know, and I promise you, I always promise you guys that I'll be better the next episode, so I promise you when my next episode I do, I won't be screwing up, I promise you that, alright, so I wanted to apologize for that, I'm just trying my best right here, I'm just very tired, very down, just trying to keep on going, so I'm very sorry, I'm very sorry about that. You might be saying, like, why is he screwing up so much? It doesn't sound like he knows what he's saying. I'm just very tired, just very down. So I'm very sorry. But with this match right here, it was good. You know, Layla Hurst put on a great performance. I like the spot she did right there by flying on to Kip Sabian and uh, Charles Taylor. So that was pretty funny. And Penelope Ford pinned her in the ring right there. You know, it looked like Layla Hurst had her foot on the rope, but Kip Sabian knocked it off. So that was a pretty good heel tactic right there by Sabian. I was like, that was actually really cool. I was like, all right. I see what he did right there. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, good win for Penelope Ford. Like, legit Layla Hirsch, like, you know, no pun intended. She is, like, legit. She's really good. She's a good performer. She really is. 
But then fucking Miro grabs the mic and tells her to get out of the ring. <laughs> it was so funny the way he said it. Get out of the ring. It was so funny. Oh, my God. I fucking love Miro. I swear to God. Even when he was Rusev, he would cut so much funny promos when they let him, like, really talk and everything. You know, later on, he cut some pretty funny promos. I swear to God. He's he's funny. He's got some comedy right there. But um, he told Charles Taylor, like, I could be mean to you anytime I want, but I'm, but I'm not going to because I'm a nice guy. But now tell Orange Cassidy that I'm your best friend now. And Charles Taylor said to Orange Cassidy, Miro's my best friend now. So I'm like, ooh, okay then. Mm. (laughs) I kind of wonder what Trent's thinking about that right there. They got to get like Trent's thoughts on that and everything. But we know like, you know, Taylor was basically forced to say it. And he looked really funny in this outfit. I'm looking at the picture right now of him in it. You just see his face. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. He looks so funny. He cleans up nice. I'll give him that. He cleans up pretty nice. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> I had to laugh at it. It's funny looking at him right here. And it. he does clean up nice. I'll give him that. Oh, that was pretty funny. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, but right after that, you know, we hear, like, JR, like, screaming, go backstage, go backstage. Like, something's going on. And we saw the Good Brothers, the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions... Carl Anderson, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, Doc Gow is attacking Penta, the Lucha Brothers, and Omega used the uh, the heel of his boot to stab Penta in the eye. And I was like, holy shit. So that takes Penta out of the picture for a little while. I'm like, hmm. So you know what? I think they're, you know what I think they're teasing? I think they're going to do Penta versus Kenny in the future for the world title. Because these two have had classic matches in the past. Now Kenny has the world title. So you could say this whole thing means nothing, but I think the bigger picture is, I'd say like a double or nothing, which is which will be in May of this year. I think we're going to see Kenny Omega versus Penta at double or nothing for the AEW World Title. I could see it. That's my prediction. I could be wrong, but I feel like that would be good. You keep Penta out for a little while, and then he comes back and goes after Kenny. Even though we like to see Ray Phoenix. I would rather see Ray, Ray Phoenix win the World Title other than Penta, but it would be nice to see Penta get a chance. And if he was to win it, then I'd say, you know what? It, it would be nice. Because then it could lead something between him and Phoenix and Pac. But I don't know if they go that route. So we'll see. But next now, we look what AEW's announced for next week. For next week, they announced that Cody Rhodes will respond to Shaq and Jade Cargill. So I'm like, so after a whole month, now Cody's finally going to respond. Or actually, not even a whole month. Like the whole... Well, no, it has been a whole month. Because, you, know, you know, Shaq and Brandy had that confrontation right there with Shivani. Um Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy. Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. That match I'm really looking forward to. That's going to be fun. Those two had a confrontation early on in the show and it was pretty cool so I can't wait to see that. And also we got the Young Bucks Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson the AEW World Tag Team Champions and the Good Brothers Machine Gun Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions versus the Dark Order Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. So an eight-man tag team match, I'm like, oh, like, okay. That's going to be really fun to see. And also, AEW announced an Eliminator tournament for the AEW Women's World Championship. So that'll be coming soon. Maybe they'll do it after beach break. So I'll be like, all right, cool. They also did show the Japanese flag. So maybe we see Riho come back. We haven't seen her in a long time. So it would be nice to see her come back. So I'm like, all right. I'm down. I'm down to see that. We'll see who will be challenging Sheeta in the future. Like, all right, sounds good. 
But now we get to our main event of the of the evening. The Inner Circle Triple Threat Tag Team Match. Chris Jericho and MJF versus Santana and Ortiz and Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager. Sammy Hagar. So we did see Sammy Hagar actually make an appearance right there and say that uh, Sammy Guevara and Jake Hagar are his new favorite team. So that was actually pretty cool to see right there. It was a nice appearance right there. That was really cool. Um... You see, I saw a lot of people actually hating on this match to begin with. Like, when I saw it, like, I saw a lot of people, like, were hating on it and everything. Um, it was actually a really good match, to be honest. You know, there were a couple botches in that match, especially, like, Chris Jericho's bad botch. I'm going to talk about Jericho for a little bit and give my opinion on him. It's nothing, it's nothing bad. It's really nothing bad. I've mentioned it before, though. But overall, this match had some pretty cool spots in it. Like I said, there were a couple botches, but you look past a couple. It's not like the whole match was a botch fest. There were a couple of botches. Jericho's one obviously stands out the most. But other than that, it was a pretty good main event. It really was. Santana Ortiz looked great. We haven't really seen Santana Ortiz wrestle recently. Like in a while, like as, a, as a team, you forget how good they are as a tag team. Like when they're just wrestling as a tag team, not like in, like, not like in a... Eight-man tag, six-man tag, you know, with the inner circle. When they're wrestling by themselves as just a team. And Sammy and Hager, you know, they put on a pretty good performance together. And, like, people still hate on Jake Hager and everything. He's still not a bad wrestler. Like I said, he's just, like, he's almost, like, old school in a way. Like, he's the high school, college type of wrestler. He's not, like, the guy that's going to flip around the ring and do shit like that and everything. You know, You know what I mean? And that's what he does. Like, that's just what he does right there. But, okay. But these these guys right here put in a great performance. Like, what really stood out to me, what really stood out to me... They really, What really stood out to me, though, was Jericho's botch of the Lion Soul. That really stood out to me right there. Because he botched the lion salt on Sammy Guevara. And I thought to myself. <sighs> okay. Chris. Listen. I'm going to speak to Chris Jericho right now. I know he's not going to hear this or anything. But I'm just going to put it out there. Chris Jericho. You are the champion. You are the demo god. You are the greatest wrestler of all time. In my opinion. That's how I've always felt about Jericho. I feel like he is the greatest wrestler of all time. But I think it's time to retire. I mean this with everything good in my heart. It's time to retire. Like, Chris Jericho has been gold on commentary. That's what he should be doing. He should not be wrestling anymore. It just seems like he can't go in. It just seems like he can't go anymore. From, like, October 2019 to February of 2020, he was putting on some good matches. But recently, you could tell that he's out of shape. I mean, his comedy's still great, but he's just not putting on any good matches. You can tell that he's trying, but also, like, his belt broke in the match he had with Kazarian and Winter's Coming last month. I mean, come on, that's not a good look right there. It's just, I think it's time for him to hang it up. And I love Chris Jericho. I always will, no matter what. I always will love Chris Jericho, no matter what. They'll never change. I listen to Judas, like, every day. I'm being serious. Because I love the guy. I seriously do. I always loved him even when he, when he was in, in the WWE. 
It's not just recently. I've loved him forever. The first WrestleMania I watched, he was the world champion against Edge. So I love this guy. I seriously do, but it is time to just retire. But I do feel like this is his last run. Because his contract is up after this year. I just believe Chris Jericho is done, though. It doesn't seem like he has anything left. I mean, we know in the future we're going to see him versus Guevara. We saw a little bit of a snippet of that match in this match. And they did okay. Like, Jericho, he had some pretty cool bumps in this match. You know, he was selling pretty good, obviously. I had no problem with that. But he shouldn't be doing the lion salt anymore. Because, I mean, come on, that was a bad botch. He could have broke his neck. And what would happen right there if he did that? He wouldn't be able to wrestle anymore. He'd be done. He's 50 years old. I mean, look at Dustin Rhodes, who's older than him by a couple years. He's in better shape than Jericho. But like I said, we don't know what's going on with Jericho. Maybe something's going on with him mentally and everything that he just got out of shape. We don't know. We don't know what's like behind the scenes. You know, there's a, there's a lot of dark parts in wrestling. Like, look at the past and everything. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of shit right there. But you hope that he's doing okay mentally and everything. You always hope that for anybody in their lives, no matter who they are. But I think it's time for him to just hang it up. That's just how I feel. You know, if he was to ever listen to this, I don't want him to get upset or anything. I'm just stating my opinion. I want to look. I want to look out for Jericho. I don't want to see him like injure himself, and then like, I don't want him to God forbid paralyze himself, because that's what he could have done last night. It was a really good match. There were some botches, like I mentioned. That's what really stuck out to me. And I love Chris Jericho with all my heart. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. But it's time to retire. I don't want to see him really get seriously hurt. And I'm sure some of them are telling him right there. Just, you know what? You have to hope Tony Khan steps in and says... And you have to hope that Tony Khan steps in and says, you know what? We want to put you on commentary. But, we, but you know how Jericho is. He's, he still wants to wrestle. You know, that's what any wrestler, though. You think they want to stop wrestling? This is their passion right here. They want to continue and go on and on. But we'll see what happens, though. But that's just how I feel about Jericho. I feel like he should just hang it up. That's just how I feel. That's just how I feel right there. But we'll see, though. We definitely shall see. We'll definitely see. But this match, like I said, it was great. Chris Jericho and MJF got the win. Sammy Guevara was the MVP in this match. He was going off. Did I feel like Jericho and MJF needed this win? No. Santana Ortiz should have won. Because they're the only legit tag team in the inner circle. So I feel like they should have won, but they didn't. So Jericho and MJF are eligible to the challenge for the AW tag team titles. So I'm like... All right, something new, though. We've seen the Young Bucks versus Santana Ortiz. It'll be interesting to see them face Jericho and MJF. I'm like, all right, maybe Jericho and MJF win. I don't know. But they also announced at Beach Break they're doing a, a battle royal to see who faces the AW Tag Team Champions at Revolution. So did Jericho and MJF put themselves in that match and they win? I, I don't know. 
We'll see, though. But it'll be interesting. But... That's just how I feel about Jericho. I feel like he should just hang it up. That's just how I feel. And I mean that with all the respect in the world. He's accomplished it all. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't have to prove anything anymore. He doesn't have to prove anything. He's done it all. He doesn't have to prove himself to anybody anymore. He doesn't have to. He absolutely doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. Chris, you've done it all. If you have nothing else left to prove, you don't. Go retire. Go enjoy retirement. Go do that and everything. Just do that. Or just do commentary. Do stuff backstage. It's just I don't want to see him get seriously hurt. That's all I'm saying. I wish that for every wrestler there. I don't want to see any wrestler get hurt. But when you see a guy, you know, botching everything, he's getting older, it's like, eh, it's, I think it might be time to retire. I'm just saying. But we'll see. But like I said, this Dynamite, at first I said it was okay. But you know what? It was good when you think of it. It really was. It was good. It had its moments. You know, it's not supposed to be... You know, not every show is going to be elite and everything and be fucking awesome. It's going to have some of its moments. But I thought it was good. You know, towards the end it got good. I'll be honest. Like, towards the end, like the first half, you know, other than Cody versus Peter Avalon... You know, the first half was, you know, good. But the second half, it really started to pick up a lot more. But all right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. I'm sorry for not being all there in this episode. You know, just, like I said, I'm very out of it and everything. So I haven't really slept as much. But I want to get the episode out. I could have waited until tomorrow morning. But I wanted to get it out for you guys here today and everything. Because I said I was going to do that. You know, but I promise you guys with my next episode, whether it's my... Smackdown review or something comes up before I do my Smackdown review, I promise you I will be 100% there. I know that's, you know, I shouldn't say 100%, but I promise you guys I will. Alright, I promise I will be better doing my next episode. I'm just very out of it. <clears throat> I'm going through a lot right now, just feeling very, very down and everything. You know, those who know me personally know how I feel, so I do want to apologize to you guys for not being all there for this episode. But I promise you, in my next episode, I'll be all there. I'll have a lot more energy, and I'll feel good. I promise you guys that. I'll be able to flip that switch right away. I can guarantee that. I'll give you 110%. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your night, and I will talk to you guys soon. You know, barring any sports news that happens, I will talk to you guys either Saturday afternoon with my SmackDown review or Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. So either, either Saturday afternoon... Or Sunday afternoon. Alright guys, enjoy the rest of your night. I'll talk to you guys soon.